Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 172 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We're a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. And I'm Greg Wah. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I've got something to sink your teeth into. Spaceship! And I'm going to F your C, baby. <laughs> and music is crap. Aliens told us so. Better than that, they're going to let us know. But before we get there, Gregoire, what happened to you this week in science? Spaceship! That's what I'm talking about, Dan! You know, sometimes, Dan, you know I get a little bit down on the whole human condition. I'm always like, ugh, I'm done, I'm done, mm-hmm. done with all of you, mm-hmm. just done with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, politics and, oh, I just... You need to I'm reconnect in- with your spiritual heart. That's right. And, I, and, I, and it takes me a while to guide it, and, then, and I never know what it is. And then I found out what it was. It wasn't one. It wasn't two. It was three spaceships turning up on the planet Mars that delighted my flinty, flinty heart. Oh, hip f***ing hooray. More f***ing robots. Oh, congratulations to the nerds at NASA. I'm not going to get pulled down by your horrible little little rant thing. I was really excited because three different ships, different craft, different uh, uh, missions landed uh, either near, went into orbit, or landed on Mars. Well, two have gone into orbit and one has landed. So one is the Emirates Mars mission. So the United Arab Emirates put a fantastic orbiter around Mars, and it's called Misabar Al-Amal, which I do believe means hope, and it's going to be looking at Martian weather. So, uh, it, so it didn't go to Mars, it just went past it. No, 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 it's in orbit. It's in orbit around Mars. So it's, it's constantly going past it. Constantly going, yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. Like yeah. a like a like an ex-boyfriend. What? Cruising <laughs> by the house. Okay, um checking out her weather. Anyway, the Amherst Mars mission is going to be looking at the weather on Mars. So it will orbit Mars and it's quite a long way away from Mars compared to other like surveyor and those sort of ones which are much closer so they're not trying to get details of mars they're just trying to look at the weather over long periods of time so it's the first martian weather satellite which is kind of cool i think that's very cool in fact it's, in fact it is cool that is cool very cool well done to the united arab emirates for uh, getting it there so well done that it's it's pretty cool first arab country and the fifth country in all to reach mars there you go and in uh, martian weather today cold again it's very cold, yeah. You know, on Mars, sometimes on Mars, it can get warmer in the summer on the equator of Mars than it can on places on Earth. It can get up to like 20 degrees, 18 degrees Celsius. It can get remarkably... Really? Yes. It can get... There have been days Mars itself, on average, has been warmer than places on Earth. Warm, But it can get warmer. T-shirt weather. Yes, but with 1% the atmosphere, you would decompress and die. So you can't, you know, and, and of course it's all carbon dioxide. So, you know, that's not cool either, but you know, fun. You wouldn't freeze to death. You just, um, suffocate. Anyway, moving on. Thank uh, you, science. Chi- <laughs> Thank you, science. China also put one into orbit, uh, the Tianwen one. And that's pretty cool as well. This is the largest launch vehicle that's ever been, no, the largest spacecraft, yeah, sorry, to put into orbit. It's five tons. So it's, Actually, quite heavy. It's quite a big sucker, that and it's gone. Seem like that much. Uh, oh, so that's think, the whole thing. 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The bit that's, that made it up there. That's the no, no, no. That's the that's the, that's not the rocket. That's the bit that's around Mars right now. That's not that's not right. that. That's not that. It's a lot more than five tons. Good lord, they probably burn five tons of fuel in a second or something weird like that. It's there. This what's that's what's in. So basically, they've put a small bus in orbit around Mars, which is kind of cool. The magic school bus. So, uh, and this is a pretty cool one as well. It's uh, also doing lots of stuff. They're being a bit more secretive. Uh, you know, uh, stop being secretive, everyone. Just stop. Stop it. Just stop it. But they're going to drop a surveyor. Remember the old surveyor? That it's the same size as a guess, like, like your like an air conditioning you're, unit. You're looking around your home, going, "What's the same size yes, as I a was. surveyor?" So, and, and looking at an air conditioning unit, and and it will so it'll land, and then the air conditioning unit will roll off it, and it will wander around. So it's kind of what Surveyor did, NASA Surveyor did years ago, doing a very similar thing. But it's amazing that China's done this as well. So it's very good. I, I think it's very exciting. If they do get the rover on Mars, that they will be the second country to ever deploy a rover on Mars after the United States. That's pretty cool. And the third, I believe, who's done a soft landing. So Russia's done it, the United States have done it, and then China, which is kind of cool. United, but of course, the United Kingdom did a hard landing, didn't they? <laughs> Beagle, yeah, yeah. Beagle, Beagle plowed into Mars at a rate of knots. What, what do they call it? Litho breaking. So not aero breaking, right? Litho breaking. It crashed into the rock. I remember watching that on television with my family and going, "Up, oh, yeah, lost another one." It's bloody hard to get shit to Mars, Dan. <laughs> it's amazing, but. The one that everyone wants to hear about is Perseverance. Perseverance is super cool. It looks like Curiosity. It's built on the same chassis from the one that's already up there. Imagine a nuclear-powered autonomous pickup truck wandering around Mars, taking pictures of stuff and searching for water and signs of old life. That's amazing. It's a nuclear-powered pickup truck, Dan. I guess. No, 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 no. Come on. That's pretty cool. That is cool. And I mean, it's got- who's it going to impress up there? Does it have a little robot that sort of sits on the tailgate, like drinks robot beer? We are whalers on the moon. Uh, yeah, so, no. I get that Futurama reference. Thank you very much. Perseverance, Percy, will actually have a, it does have a little robot underneath called Ingenuity. And Ingenuity is very, very light. And it's a helicopter, a solar-powered helicopter. And they're going to drop that down and it will be able to power itself up over a long time and then have a 90-second flight and then land and then radio back what it learns about stuff and then power itself up again over many hours and then power us 90 seconds more of flight. So what happens when it lands upside down? Well, then it's dead and that's the end of it. So it's done. It's It's got these big legs up the side, though. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. And it'll be the first time ever we've had a powered vehicle on another planet. A powered flight vehicle, sorry, on another planet. That's pretty cool. If the atmosphere there is so thin, it would have to be a very particular design, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And that's so you have two choices. You either have to Great big wings have, or it goes real fast. You've got it. They're, they're the two. Uh, they're the absolute, and you can't make it really, really big because it's got to fit inside the rover uh, that it, it just dropped out. It gets pooped out of the rover, basically. So it can't be giant. You want to keep it simple. And so they have contra-rotating blades, so one going one way, one going the other, one under the mm-hmm. other, to get rid of – because it doesn't have a tail, so it would start to rotate. So it, it needs would, to stabilize. So they stabilize, and it rotates like the Dickens. Now, it also has a very, 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 very large angle of attack. So uh, the blade doesn't slice through the the atmosphere like like a knife through butter. It almost is like a, a big f- – 
a big flappy um, seal flipper. And it, you basically come in at uh, like 60 degrees or something weird like that. So it's pushing a lot of air down. So uh, you're getting trying the, to find as much resistance as possible. Yes. So it has the physical effect. If you're pushing the blade through the air at a high angle of attack, it deflects air down. And of course, that creates a force, which hopefully will make you hover up. I suppose with Mars being a little bit smaller than Earth and not having an iron core, then the gravity would be a bit less. So the gravity is at one quarter, I do believe. I think, yeah, Mars is one quarter the gravity of Earth. So that gets rid of some of the problems. Oh, wow. That's but- quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Well, the moon's one sixth. Six. Yeah, Mars is one quarter. Or is it a third? Oh, I'm going to get called out on that one. I, I, I'm starting to think it's a third, not a quarter. It's somewhere between a quarter and a third. Factors of ten. It's fine. But yes, it's. But it, that still is a major problem. Like you still have to lift this thing off the ground and fly it around. Mm. So it's pretty cool, though. I think it's a pretty cool mission. And what they want to do, we, we use that for, of course, is Perseverance has got to wander around this, what looks like a river delta on Mars. No water. It's a crater that's been worn down over millions of years by water. So it looks like a river has, they think of water, they, they're going well, to find some out. some sort of liquid. Some sort of liquid has flown for a long period of time and created a what looks just like a river delta on Earth. And they're going to go and have a look through that over over years and years and years. Ingenuity, the, the helicopter, will be able to fly up to places that um, Percy can't get to. That's pretty cool. So what sort of range do these robots have? Like they're up there for years and years and years. Are they like belting across? Are they like covering 30K? No. Or are no. they like... Or, no. or, or is it like, oh, we spent we spent this many millions of dollars and uh, and some of them explode, but we got it down there and we are now really up to speed on a 10 square meter patch of Mars. It's more than that, it, but it's very slow. Uh, Percy, I think, does 0.1 kilometers an hour, so 100 meters an hour. And it's because it has to pick its own direction and over rocks, mm. it has to go back around things. Curiosity has done about 40 kilometers since okay, it's been so that's up there. a decent... Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's gone up. I think it's 40Ks. Once again, my brain's like, ooh, careful. But I think it's 40 kilometers so far, which is not a bad distance. So maybe that was opportunity before it died. But we're in that ballpark of that distance. It takes a long time. Percy will be – Perseverance will be better than Curiosity because I – mean, that, Perse- that's, that's from one side of Skyrim to the other. Well, there that's you a, go. That's a you decent, could, uh, decent whack of a uh, distance. I must admit, I do like the idea of Percy going, Fusferal, da! And just like blasting off rock or thing, which you can – Oh, it's got a laser. It's got a same? laser and it's got a, some sort of aerial battle top. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I heard a journalist got in contact with NASA and went, can I fight your rover? And they're like, sorry? And he said, if I, went, if I turned up on Mars in a pressure suit, could I fight your rover? Who would win? Me, an overweight journalist, or Percy, the rover? That's a good spin. And, and they were like... Uh, and they came down to, like, how would you fight it? Because I tip it over. And he goes, it's, it weighs a ton. You're not tipping this over. And he's like, ah. And he goes, okay, uh, I can outrun it. Like, yeah, you can outrun it. That's fine. Because, you know, you can run three kilometers an hour and it can do 0.1. That's fine. You can get away from it. But it will come for you. It has a laser. And it's laser, which I didn't realize. It has a 20-meter range. So it can actually shoot quite – and it would burn you. You'd do a little burn. It wouldn't kill you, but you would get little burn marks yeah, all over your body. Yeah, how fast can it target you? I bet it's, it's quite, not quick. No, I bet it's not. You can probably jink out of the Although way. If you're lying... Like, if you reflect the laser with a mirror... Yeah. Do lasers yeah. melt mirrors? I feel well, like an idiot again. It's the amount of energy, though. That's the... That, yeah, you could deflect light, but, yeah, enough light's going to damage the mirror. That's true. Uh, and, of course, it can... Oh, because drill... a, a mirror doesn't reflect 100% of photons. It no, reflects no. 70% or so. 
So whatever it is, yeah. Whatever it is. And so all the ones that aren't reflected are like being yeah. absorbed and melting the mirror. Okay, okay, and it's, cool. It's, it's heat, it's heat. So, and the other thing you can do, of course, is core you. It can drill into you quite badly. So if it, if it could like get onto you and then core you through the center. Sneak up while you're asleep. Yes. Crawl on top of you so you can't get away. And then, and then drill co- a hole in you. That's right, yeah, and just drill right through your head. So yeah, so there you go. That was uh, I, I, was rec- excited I about reckon it. I could just rip something important off it. From the get go, he said that, and NASA went no because it's not. It's designed to survive Mars. And sorry, Dan, you're a mighty man. You are not Mars. And so it's it's there's only a few things on it that are shop bought, and so it's been designed to take pressure and impact and all sorts of stuff. You might they said you might be able to smash one of its cameras at the top, the big glass camera, the the mast cam, with a rock. I have never been so insulted. Has to be told that I am not the god of war, <laughs> or at least the fourth planet out. So anyway, I'm very excited. There's all sorts of cool stuff. Keep an eye. Look at the footage. Oh my goodness, high definition footage of this craft coming down. It's out there. You can watch it now. It's amazing. Yeah, it just blew my mind. Loved every moment of it. So perseverance is very exciting. And well done, NASA. Well done, the United States, and well done, humanity. Actually, for doing this amazing, cool thing that isn't about killing each other that's nice it's always amusing that we put like logos on stuff that's going to another planet yes like there's little bits of design on that thing and the the parachute had a design on it it did and 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 when looked into it's actually like this binary code where when you decode it it says uh dear mighty strings i believe dear mighty dear mighty things dear mighty strings is what i got so, no, it's dear mighty things. Ooh, ooh, there might have been a mistake made there. Then, uh. <laughs> well, what was with Curiosity, uh, the last rover that went up there, on its wheels, it had binary, it had Morse code embedded into its wheels. So as it rolled across Mars, it was leaving a little Morse code behind it in its tracks. And missed, so, and missed an opportunity there. You should put human footprints in there. <laughs> but the the Morse code said JPL, Jet Propulsion Lab, which is where it was built. So it was writing, putting JPL. And this time they didn't do it because, unfortunately, Curiosity's aluminium wheels are being ripped to shreds by the Martian rocks. So they went, hey, you know that really cute idea of putting holes on our uh, wheels? Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make him thicker and bigger and scarier on Percy. So, yeah. Anyway, I could talk about this for hours, but I, w- I shouldn't. So well done, Perseverance. Well done, United Arab Emirates. Hope. Well done, TN1. Well done to all the humans that worked on them. And I look forward to looking at the cool science that comes out of it. Ah, oh, so good. Anyway, how was your week in science? My yard has been a, a utopia at this Ooh. time of year. Surely you mean a utopery. Uh, well, there has been a lot of growth. Yay! This, this does start with the tree. Uh, yep. The mango trees have been dropping their fruity goodness all over mm-hmm. the lawn. Mm. I've been eating them when I can get to them before the bats get to them. <laughs> yep. And what happens is they open up and they're, 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 they're quite ripe and sweet and it attracts bird life. Mm-hmm. And usually what this means is rainbow lorikeets. For overseas listeners, it's a medium-sized parrot that looks a bit like a rainbow and sounds a bit like someone being struck by lightning. Uh, <laughs> there are blue-faced honey eaters and there are noisy miners. And they're all getting for it like dozens of birds. Aren't all, all miners noisy? <laughs> Children. Am I right? Uh, I'm sorry. 
Indian miners aren't, but they're spelt oh. differently too. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And they're they're a pest. Oh, so I got it. Yeah, not noisy. Good point. Any Australians, it's just noisy miners aren't a pest. Stop killing noisy miners. That it's ridiculous. Well, they're not. They're not an invasive pest. They're certainly. They're certainly. Their numbers are probably too great. But don't kill them because you're not supposed to. No, stop killing things. Yeah, trap the trap the Indian miners, which are the ones that look like little assassins, and take them to a <laughs> vet, and they'll put them down. <laughs> but don't go out there with an air rifle. Oh god, what are we doing? Okay. Anyway, back to your utopery. I'm sorry, I'm so happy with that joke. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, none of these birds turned up. Oh. No. Yard filled with rotting mangoes. Oh, interesting. But there was one bird that did turn up to eat the decaying fruit. Yes. The Australian brush turkey. Oh, I love those guys. Electoro lathami is a native Australian megapod. It's like a chicken got stretched out. It's got the head of a vulture, if the vulture was wearing a red scrotum as a balaclava, and a tail that has vague connotations of a shark's fin. It builds a nest that is around four metres across and one metre tall. It uses its massive claws to scrape all the leaf matter in the garden together. It creates a compost heat effect with the centre of the heap regulated to approximately 34 degrees Celsius. Oh. If it gets too hot, the turkey takes some matter off and it cools down. It does this to regulate the temperature of its eggs. Oh. So the female comes, lays eggs in the nest, and the male does all the temperature regulation. Now, some people would consider this sort of behaviour to make a brush turkey a pest animal. They would say that having a turkey scratch up the yard and take up an area the size of a tank somehow ruins the yard. <laughs> but I would say if your yard has a brush turkey nesting in it and you get someone to trap it and drive it out into the bushland and you deprive yourself of the amazing experience of having a wild animal experience, then this, Gregoire, is what truly ruins your garden. Yeah, I agree. Now, we have a nest just down the road from us. And the babies have been looking for food in our yard. So as soon as they hatch, they're on their own. Oh, okay. Uh, so right. they're, these, they're like little fluff balls for a week, wandering around, just picking at stuff. And then after another couple of weeks, they just look like an adult brush turkey that's shrunk. And they're not killed by cats. You think cats would have a go at them? Yeah, well, they can fly. Oh, they can fly? Okay, they can well, get up there. No. Oh, okay, fair like, enough. They, they're not sense. graceful doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny because around where you live, you've kind of got bats, which aren't very graceful flyers, and yeah. you've got turkeys, which aren't graceful flyers. It's a whole lot of it's a suburb of non graceful flyers, really. It's sort of oh, the Indian miners look wonderful. Oh, they? oh, they go. Well, fair enough. But they're not here anymore. They've gone. But yeah, these things were a, a staple Aboriginal food, though these days they are protected, and you can go to jail for two years for harming one. Wow. So if you've got a turkey in, nesting in your garden, you get to keep it. So you're not allowed to hurt the animal. Can you like get rid of the nest? You can, not, I, you, I wouldn't want to, but... I, you, know, you can get you, rid of the nest. I don't know whether you can get rid of the nest when there's eggs in it. Yes. I you, don't yeah. think you can. Yeah, right. And you can, so you, you can clear the nest. You can put down a tarp on top of where they were nesting. You can put rods there. They'll come back and they'll build the, they'll oh, right. build the nest on top of whatever you care. put there. <laughs> they are tenacious. Well done, them. That's, I, I appreciate that. Well done. That's very cool. I love that. Hmm. 
But all I can think about is, what do they taste like? (laughs) (laughs) You are not the right colour of person to find out, Dan. I wonder if I can get, like, a permit. (laughs) So is there a hunting season for them? Like, you know, a couple months a year, you can nip out and kill brush turkeys? Mm. No. Yeah, fair enough. Probably rightly so. I'll put it on the list with swans. (laughs) And the queen. The closing of a door and the faint ping of medical equipment. A clack of an audio recorder. Initial notes of patient 347 by acting senior nurse R.M. Renfield. The John Doe is Caucasian, approximately 176 centimetres tall, presents as mid-30s, actual age predicted to be between 30 and 4,000. Notes from the scene are that he was clutching at his mouth before he collapsed. This poor vampire, I sure hope he can be saved by... Boom! The doors of the diagnosis chamber burst open. Dr. Alucard, you must save this man. Vampire Hospital. Dr. Alucard, you must save this man. He was clutching at his mouth. What do you see? Oh, oh, well, let me, as Dr. Alucard, supposedly, that's who I am and always have been. Yes, Dr. Alucard. The best doctor, vampire doctor in all of vampire doctor and That's what all the other lady nurses are saying, Dr. Alucard. All the, all the vampire lady doctor nurses? Of Wait. course, this is Vampire Hospital. Yes, yes, good. Okay, just, of course, I know that. Don't correct me, You're, how dare you? I, I'm, I'm my apologies, doctor. So, the patient, what do you see? I need, to, I need to look at his mouth. What do I see in his mouth? Look in mouth. Are we playing that game again? Is that what we're doing? No, that would be tedious. <laughs> right, sorry, we're sorry, I'm sorry. So I'll, instead of this is a whole mouth, new game. Oh, good, excellent. I, w- I want to look at his mouth then. Oh, yes, and what do you see in there, Doctor? Am but, I a vampire doctor or am I a vampire doctor? You're both, Dr. Oh, Alucard. Yes. But thanks well, like, for clearing I'm, that up because no, I, I would have thought was, you'd known that already. No, no. I was, oh, I see I'm, you're just testing how to diagnose things. Yes, I'm using all the supposition and depositions. That's not, that's not, I'm depositing knowledge. <laughs> anyway, back to the patient. And his teeth. Yes. Oh, yes. Look at how beautiful they are. They're, oh, yes. They're, they're brilliant white, aren't I? They're certainly mm-hmm. not stained. No, Bright, no. sparkling white. White teeth staining often comes from tea, coffee, or cola drinks, which vampires don't drink. Uh, acidic beverages can make teeth more porous, allowing mm. coloured liquids to soak in and discolour the surface. But the one beverage, of course, Dr. Alucard, as you well know, that doesn't stain teeth or bone because it's almost neutral, sitting between 7.35 and 7.45. Mm-hmm. Mm. Blood. Yes, of course. Well, yeah, of course, excellent. Yeah, obviously, of course obviously, Dr. Alucard. Obviously, obviously, yeah. blood. So certainly certainly staining is not the problem, perhaps. No. Perhaps some sort of physical trauma. On his teeth. On his teeth? And do you see anything? Because you did say it was a beautiful smile. Yeah, so his teeth are fine. His teeth are great. So Ah, so there's no no chipped tooth. There's no cracked tooth. No, I don't think so. Excellent. Vampire teeth undergo physical trials that normal humans do not, as your food source tends to struggle. And you could easily damage it on a collarbone. Well, not when you're sexy like Dr. Alucard, but they don't struggle for me. 
I'm not sure how problematic that comment no, is. No, no, that's well, well. If we're going to talk about problematic, we are an apex predator species that preys on sentient life forms. It's all pretty bloody problematic. Wokeism rescinded. <laughs> At this point, I know what you're implying, but also think about it for a moment. All right, okay. thank you. I'm not Dr. Alucard's psychologist or ethicist. I'm doctor of medicine, I think. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Definitely. Yes. Vampire medicine. Vampire medicine. Good, good. Excellent. I was a bit worried that I was going to be like literature, like a PhD in literature. And then... Anyway, sorry, sorry. Looking closely, there's not even any fine craze lines on the teeth. Craze lines mm. are, of course, as you know, tiny cracks in, in the enamel that do not require treatment. But splits, chips and fractures can turn into a big problem, as yes, you yes, well I... know. Of course. Uh, Am I a vampire dentist? Well, I mean, dentistry is such an important part of vampire health. They don't split the pursuits uh, up. Of course, of course not, no. I'm an all-round vampire guy. Well, yeah, then. well, one of so few. So oh. such so multi-talented, Dr. Alucard. Thank you. Thank you. And sexy, too. With this sort of damage, if attended too quickly, veneers, bonding, and dental crowns can save the tooth. Veneers are flat shapes attached to the tooth for aesthetic purposes but also to provide reinforcement mm -hmm. crowns are a prosthetic that covers all faces of the tooth in question like a cup inverted and placed over the root glued mm. to it these options are both bonded to the tooth but for less damaged teeth the application of bonding agent may be enough to reinforce the tooth mm. humans mm. can have the tooth extracted in a worst case scenario but for a vampire a tooth extraction means well, death. A death sentence, Dr. Uh, well, Alucard. An undeath sentence, but, you know, fair enough. It's like, you know, we have already died. That's very, that's very astute, Doctor. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Very I'm, a, astute. I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm a, I'm a doctor of vampire medicine. Now, other issues that we don't need to check for? Cavities and root canals. Well, no. No, of course not. Cavities. No. Cavities? Oh, that's when there's, uh, the, there's, Terrible uh, plucky stuff and, and bacteria. Bacteria. Bacteria yes, that created you. dental cavities only grow in the mouth. Indeed. They are robust in a very dynamic environment, but most are unable to survive outside the environment of functioning human mouths. Mm, mm, so, mm. of course, vampires do not suffer from tooth decay. Of course not. Every fool, every fool, non-fool knows this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Can you imagine? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, what about gingivitis, Doctor, or an abscess? Well, no, that also requires that requires bacteria to grow in the mouth. I don't think that would be something... Oh, uh, Dr. Alucard, you are very smart. Oh, thank you. How is the layout of the mouth, Doctor? Everything in the correct place? Well, he's got two big fangy ones at the front. That's there, the ah, big... wonderful, wonderful. Mm. Wisdom mm. teeth can cause distress or perhaps an impacted tooth growing at a strange angle. Hyperdontia, or more than the regular 32 adult teeth, occurs in 1-4% to of humans, but it can be more prevalent in vampires, with some Nosferatu presenting with many hundreds of ne fine needle teeth. Mm. They kind of look like a thresher shark. Mm. A terrible thing. Terrible. I don't hold with them at all. So this, think... this wouldn't be a problem, Doctor. If anything, it would be a boon. Well, had more teeth, yes. Yes. Oral cancer. That's something that affects humans. Oh, it's terrible. But we can't die from cancer, so that's fine. 
Yeah, without we... a functioning lymphatic system, it would be very difficult for any cancer to spread. And yes, without yes. blood flow, there would be no way for it to get resources to survive. That's right. That's what I thought. I people sometimes say that cancer will grow inside a vampire, but I wrote a paper about that, and it's total rubbish. Oh, I may. I'm, I think I. I think I've used that oh. as research here. Oh, good. Oh, fantastic. So, cancer, you That's said, surprising. works kind of like a rogue organ. If the heart and kidneys of a vampire don't work, there's no way cancer of any sort could survive. I suppose that's one of the things that makes you immortal. That's well, yes, that and the fact that we've given our souls over to Satan. Yeah. That's, that's but, mo- but mostly the cancer thing. Mainly the cancer thing. Yes, yes. Satan. Satan was a very distant second. I didn't realize that you were so religious, Doctor no, Alucard. I, I thought you were a man of science. Uh, well, vampire science. Vampire science, and also you can be a vampire religion as well. Thank you very much. How dare you? I believe in a vampire deity that just kicked off the universe to make a lot of blood, and we'll drink it. Oh. I don't believe in an interventionist vampire god. Oh, and you're wearing a little sign around your neck, too. A little little lowercase t. That's right, yes. It's sizzling. <laughs> it, it hurts a lot, actually. Well, that's, that's piousness, isn't it? It's, a, it's a hair shirt for vampires. If, if, they, if, you, if your friends can't smell you coming into a room due to your sizzling tea, then um, you're not really a vampire. What are we doing now? Your What's friends the- smelling you, Doctor. Yes. Halitosis? Well, yes. It, well, you can have halitosis in a vampire's mouth. All that blood. You but know. bad breath is caused by bacteria that lives on our tongue. Uh, the bacteria that are allowed to survive once the normal bacteria are removed would only survive by breaking down blood cells. Mm. Staphylococcus aureus, or staph infection, favours human hemoglobin, so perhaps it would take over in there. Staph infections can smell very bad, but the staph bacteria doesn't. As long as they're happily feeding on the blood, they're probably not going to smell. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes, good point. Mm. Sensitive teeth? Well, it, well, he's dead, so not anymore. Who's dead? The undead, the person on the floor. Oh, well, come on, there's a big difference between dead and undead. Well, I'm sorry, good point. We're all dead, he's undead. He's double dead. He's, he's double dog dare you dead. It's right there in the name, Doctor. He's undead. He's, he's, yes. It's not no, dead no, at all. No, we're undead. No, is he still around? Wait, is he still... I thought he was, I thought he was gone. He's I thought in he'd... a coma. Oh, right. We're trying gone. to save him. Oh, I saw. I thought Stay we were trying to... Stay on target, Doctor Alcott. I thought we were trying to work out what was going on. I was just testing you. Uh, I was yes. testing you. Well, sensitive teeth. Most people can sense things like cold and hot on their teeth, but people with mm. hypersensitive teeth experience pain. A simple yes. prescription of sensitive toothpaste should clear up these symptoms. The potassium nitrite can hyperpolize the nerve and stop it from firing. But would sensitive teeth cause a vampire to collapse into a coma? Well, only a particularly wussy vampire. And that's not generally a part no. of vampirism, is it? Look at this very strapping young, I suppose, somewhere between 30 and 4,000 yeah, vampire. We, we try not to use the, the Y word here. No, no, no. It's, it's no, Fair enough. Uh, look, I don't think – I've heard rumors that this person is it wouldn't – no. I don't know what I'm saying now. Have Moving on. Have you considered it could be mentally induced? Yes. <gasps> I have considered it. You think bruxism? I look, doesn't everyone – Every morning. The subconscious grinding of teeth. Well, is it subconscious when you mean to do it? Well, well no. 
Sometimes, if you're awake, can do it. Yes, but sometimes it occurs while you're asleep. This can you lead... imagine? Hmm. I'm just saying that if you ground your teeth and you were a vampire, then you could definitely do some damage. Because if it one slip and you've stabbed yourself in the bloody eye. Oh yes, and, and it leads to excessive teeth wearing and hypersensitive teeth. Yes, and tenderness, yes. pain, or fatigue of the muscles of mastication. Mm. Are there any other things that can happen to a jaw under duress? You could dislocate it. Oh, that's true. You could reach in with your thumbs and you could, you could just and then yank it down and pop it out. Well, that surely that would make feeding it much easier. Well, yes, that's and that's why people do it. It's not just a kink thing. And then there's a, this sort of fatigue of the muscles and stuff. Yes, yes. I wonder what else could happen there. I. Well, yes, well, I do wonder. That's it's a metal wonder together. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um. Sorry, what was that? Did you say Christmas, Doctor Yes. Well, well, I I was thinking it very loudly, and obviously, I'm very proud to say that your mind reading powers are finally kicked in. Bravo, everyone! Bravo, well done. You mind reading. You can now finally do it. Can you tell what I'm thinking now? <laughs> Trismus, lockjaw, the muscles of mastication spasm preventing the jaw from opening. But a vampire that can't open his jaw wouldn't be able to feed and might fall into a coma. Oh, well, you could definitely, but I mean, it's a way around that. You know, nowadays, like, humans have got all environmentally conscious. Well, one of the good things for us is they all stop using plastic straws. And so now they use metal straws. If you ever find yourself with locked jaw as a vampire, you can just take their metal straw and sharpen up the end and whack it into their neck and suck it out of them, all the lovely, ready, ready goblets. Mm. Just a, a smart way of helping to assist this man when he finally wakes up. Yes, it's a human tracheotomy. But it's very exciting. But why now? Bruxism is often exacerbated by anxiety. Mm. Well, what does a vampire have to be anxious about? Maybe he heard he was going to be vi- meeting me. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder crashes. <laughs> Maybe in the 1800s you'd have to worry about mobs with pitchforks, but society doesn't even think about vampires for the last four years. It's all been zombies. I, zombie, yes. the walking dead, zombie land. Yeah, Nobody's yes. cared about demonising vampires since the Obama era. Well, that's because some people say that the zombies represent the working class and that uh, vampires represent the aristocrats. So when people are scared of vampires, they're actually throwing up at the aristocrats of the world. And when they're angry at zombies, they're worried about the, the hordes coming to get them. Oh, my God, Dr. Alucard, you're right. The party not in power has been worried about hordes of mouth breathers who desire conformity. Now that Biden is in, the party not in power is concerned about anti-religious elites with foreign backgrounds and flamboyant attire. Trump's removal will bring in a whole new era of vampire films, a propaganda that will again turn humans against the vampire race. No wonder he's anxious. But also... That's good for all the acting vampires out there. Give them roles. Because there's no way we would allow non-vampires to play vampire roles. That would be racism. You can't... I suppose so. You can't teeth face. You're not allowed to teeth face. Is that what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I think, I think it is. Do you want me to numb the jaw and we can manually manipulate it? 
Well, I thought you'd never... Oh, I th- oh, you mean the patient. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, please. I- Go, please. Dr. Alucard, you've saved this man's life. I'm oh! surprised. Oh! <laughs> Lightning crash. In Australia, Dan, hmm. there is a radio station, a youth radio station called triple j no no triple j oh yes yep triple j and for those who don't know it's a youth radio station for teenagers up to about 25 years of age and i am not in that demographic that's not my demographic no you're like double that demographic no i'm not thank you very much not even i'm not double not yet give me god damn it no i'm not what you're saying that 23 year olds don't listen to uh no, I know what you're saying. Don't be clever, Dan. It doesn't suit you. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the um, yeah, so this, um, this radio station, I still like listening to it. I, I don't listen to radio a lot anyway, but when I get in the car and I switch on the radio, I'll normally flick it to Triple J wherever I am. Because working with students and working with young people, I think it's really useful to stay in contact with what people listen to. I don't, I don't mean I should be down with the youth. But I should definitely have an idea. When someone says, I like Billy Eilish, I shouldn't go, Billy Irish? I used to beat the Irish with a stick. It's, you know, it's kind of that sort of thing. It's sort Billy of, Eilish sounds like an ice cream flavor, like a real ritzy one. It could be. She, look, she could be. She's, she's, I think she could definitely make that into a thing when her career. She's only like 12. Like she's only young. I think she's like 18 years old or something weird like that. She's only a kid. Anyway. That's like three of you. Shut up! <laughs> no, it's not. Stop it. Anyway, is it? No, it's not. Stop it. God damn it, Dan. The point of this is, this is music station, and every year they have the Triple J what hottest one hundred, where they get people from all over Australia, the youth, to vote on the hottest songs that came out of Australia. They don't have to be Australian songs, but had to be played on Triple J. Pretty much, I don't actually I think they allow other things on as well, and. And people vote on them, and the best songs, they go backwards from 100 to 1. It's actually kind of cool to listen to that music and hear. I think it was the biggest music like listing, biggest thing of its kind in the world for many, many years. Yeah. And I still find it interesting to listen to on the day and to go, okay, cool. Once again, keep an eye on Australia Day, like everyone would have a big party and they'd put it on and you'd recognize all the songs and you'd you'd be pleased about if the songs you liked got close to number one. Yes. And now they just keep playing all these songs I've never heard, Greg. <laughs> and here we go. This is the point. People get very angry. And I, it's funny. I like watching Twitter and people are like, oh, the music today is crap. But like back in my days, I remember back in the back in the 2010s when the good music was on or the 2000s when Why the good music was on or the 90s it- when the music is on or 80s when the music was on. And yeah. Yeah, because all the music that came before me was like just kind of a little bit sort of sad and lame. And then the greatest music that ever occurred <laughs> was when I was a teenager. And then ever since, somehow the music is just all terrible twee garbage now. I don't know what it was so special about those years that coincided with me being a teenager. Well, thank you, Dan, for bringing that up because a study has been done by Music and Science to work this exact problem out. And you've pretty much... Hit it on your head. Music seems to be particularly associated with positive emotional memories, with social themes. 
and uh, and making it relevant for helping to improve life satisfaction because it, it, it reminds you of good times. It's actually been shown that there's something called the reminiscence bump and humans disproportionately recall memories from when they were 10 to 30. Not just music, but just memories in general. If you think of all your major memories of your life, it's normally – they're probably within 10 to 30 years of age. Mm. And Well, I, I remember being 29 so well because I, I was just 29. Yes. Oh, that's no, obviously. Yeah, there's been yes. no time between no, now and when no. I was 29. No, no. And as a nicer friend than you are to me, I'm going to let you get away with that. <laughs> 2021? What the fuck? <laughs> Now, people think that... that some... I mean, the good news, though... Yes. ...is that it's... I, I was only just 29, so... So all my memories are bedding in really strong. Good. 2021? What the fuck? Thank you, Dad. That's very good. Now, a lot of things happen to you in those, in those times from 10 and 30, a lot of firsts for you and a lot of personality-building things, but also there are biological and hormonal changes that boost the effectiveness of your memories during that period. So you are going to remember that time and you're going to, when you think back, have a very fond view of that time. What's really interesting, though, for me is for people who are adolescents or just out of adolescence, sorry, so 18 to 40, younger adults – then they actually don't think their adolescent music was that good. They don't go, oh, my God, the music when I was 15. They sort of have an ironic, oh, yes, that music, oh, that was very funny. But when you get over 40, then your adolescent music becomes very important to you, which I found really interesting. And when I thought about myself in that same vein, I realized I've done that exact thing. I, I mean, one data point doesn't prove a thing. When I was a youth, I did not care for Seattle grunge. It did not matter to me at all. Kurt Cobain, no, wasn't my thing. Didn't care. But now when I play Nirvana music, I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. I've, I've had the reminiscence bump myself of reminiscing about music I didn't like at the time as much. Yeah, but what you're describing though is why kids these days like Billie Eilish and why our parents like Elvis. Yes. Which is the, like this crazy brain thing. But for us, we actually did grow up with the best music that has ever and will ever <laughs> exist, right? That's how that... Sure, sure. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. Now, what's interesting is... Um, so some songs were preferred regardless of the participant's age when they're in the charts. So there is some actual generational pumping music. Uh, there's an increase, generally increase in how p- much people like songs from the late 70s to the early 80s. What you're talking here is a joke has been shown, even in participants who weren't yet born during that time period. And I've discovered that recently. I get freaked out when all these people I work with who are in their early 20s and a song gets played and they start singing it from the early 80s. You're like, how do you know this song? Why do we... I don't know songs from the from the 50s and I'm going to go, I'm coming home, mommy, and I'll be back one day. I don't, I don't give a crap. I don't, that was just me making my song. So, and there are certain uh, pop songs from didn't time wanna, periods. Didn't want to recollect one that wasn't quite so problematic. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, you've right. gone all toothface. Oh, no, I'm sorry. But this, was, the, was... this is back when, when humans used to pretend, pretend to be vampires. Doing yeah, I... oh, Mammy being a very common I... I... mimicry of the yeah. vampire. I didn't mean it that way. I just, it was just that, oh, dear. Anyway. 
If, You've done what we call in the industry. You've pulled yourself a girl clumsy. <laughs> if you want to cancel Gregoire, please send an email to Dan at Smile. <laughs> anyway, there are certain pop songs from certain time periods that are intergenerationally valued. And, and so such things as, which surprised me, Hotel California by the Eagles, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor and Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Though that's problematic. Now, come on, everyone. So anyway, music... You are going to remember fondly the music from your 10s to your 30s due to the reminiscence bump. But as Dan pointed out, actually, Dan and I lived through the best music ever, and all your music is garbage. I've got no comedy bit for that because it's just such a pure thought. (laughs) Like, to anyone who is not, like, 40 (laughs) years old, I mean, just stop listening now. That's the peak of this podcast. (laughs) Thank you, science. (laughs) You finally came through. (laughs) We try to keep this podcast upbeat. We're not scornful of religions. We've intentionally avoided a lot of political discussion. We've (laughs) even stopped being rude to Canadians. (laughs) Oh, my God, we have too. That wasn't by choice. That was just forgetfulness. Sorry. Screw you, Canadians. But at every opportunity... Forgive me? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. But at every opportunity, they're going to rise up, Greg, and then everyone will be sorry. At every opportunity, we've taken pot shots at the Fahrenheit temperature scale. Mm, mm. We've said that our reasoning relates to things like brine water or colonialism. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, we were raised with a scale that's just as arbitrary and it's frustrating to often have to do a confusing conversion. An online recipe says to set my oven at 400 degrees and I burn down my house. I have to use the (laughs) internet to work out the details of every recipe. It's personally inconvenient and that's the only reason we hate it and it's the only reason anyone truly hates anything. (laughs) I think there's some wisdom to that. Mm. But, Gregoire, you'll be pleased to know there is now an easy way to convert between F and C. Excellent. Now, the current way requires a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. With feet and metres, if you can remember that three and a bit feet in a metre, then it's just a bit of multiplication. Yep. But with Fahrenheit, zero isn't even zero. No, it's insane. One Fahrenheit, well, zero Celsius, yeah. Mm. One Fahrenheit times 40 gets you to 40 Fahrenheit. But one Fahrenheit in Celsius is negative 17.78. Times that by 40, and you've got negative 711.2 degrees. <laughs> That's not right. It's, no, it's not. not, even, no. Now, no. they do meet up at negative 40. Negative 40 yes. Fahrenheit, negative 40 yep. Celsius. That's, that's good. Thank so goodness. if you start at 100 F, then you need to know how many times 1.8 fits into 100 and how many times it fits into 40 and add them together and then add that to negative 40, you'll have your Celsius value. <laughs> so 55-ish plus, 70, plus 22-ish is 77. Negative 40 plus 77 is 37 degrees. So 100 degrees Fahrenheit is almost equal to 37 degrees Celsius. Very good. The actual amount is 37.77 recurring. Can I do my my simple version? Can I do my sure. the way I do it? Sure. So my, 
my simple version. So what what was your what was your um, number you were converting to Celsius? So thirty seven. One hundred. One hundred Celsius. Well, sorry. Uh, th- yeah, thirty seven degrees Celsius. Thirty seven degrees Celsius. So in my mind, I what I was told was to you times by one point eight, but no one's got time for that. So you just time you just round up to two. And you say times it by two, so sixty, so uh, seventy-four, and then you add thirty-two to that, so it goes to one hundred and six Fahrenheit. So I, I thirty-seven becomes one hundred and six, which Why is not very. Why are you converting to Fahrenheit? Why are you taking something so useful like cent- Celsius and converting it to Fahrenheit? Well, That's a trick for I, Americans. Well, well, you can you can go backwards then. So one hundred Fahrenheit, then yes. you minus thirty-two, so that takes you to seventy-four. Then you divide it by two, and that takes you to thirty-seven. That doesn't work. That's that right. doesn't work. You've done that no, back no, no. to front. I've done about 35, 30, no, 37. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, you're minus 32. 68. Sorry. So, hang I on. Count. 100, 100 minus 32. Minus 32. 68. 68. Yep, divided yep. by 2. is 34. It's 30. 68 divided by 2. 60, 68 divided by, yeah, it's 34. 34. So, yes. I, so, but what should have been 37, I get 34. But that's because I rounded to two. Okay, now do it with 400. Now do it with 400 Fahrenheit. 400 Fahrenheit to Celsius. 400 Fahrenheit to Celsius. So you're minus 32. So that takes you to 368. And then you have 180, wait, 150 uh, plus 30. So 184, 189, sorry. 189. So that answer, like the actual answer is going to be. Well, well off. Well off. Yes. That's so true. you've never really been much of a baker, have you? Because no. if you're off by even a tiny bit when you're baking, you can make a real mess of things. What did I say it was? What did they say it was in um in I said it was a hundred and hundred and eighty two or something? Oh my god. Yeah, it's two hundred and four <laughs> in Celsius. So yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. well out. That yeah, the cake high is just gonna be a pancake. It's gonna be flat. <laughs> Thank God I don't really care for cooking. Well, <laughs> now, Gregoire, there is a better way. <laughs> My God. If you're at freezing point, that's zero degrees Celsius. That's negative 32 Fahrenheit. For yeah. every degree that you go up in Celsius, you go up 1.8 in Fahrenheit, which is okay. still a bit confusing. Mm. If you go up 100 degrees Celsius, you go up 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. Wait a second. 180 degrees that sounds like a useful number. Imagine, Gregoire, a protractor. You will have used one of these in school for measuring angles. It's a pl- small plastic semicircle. Yeah, semicircle. That's what I say. Yeah, big, like a big semicircle. Yeah, Along okay. the flat side of your semicircle, I want you to imagine 0 to 100 in Celsius. Okay. On the flat side of my circle? Good. Yep. On the, my protractor, you mean? Yes. On the round yes. side of your protractor, it's your 0 to 180. Okay. We know what a semicircle a, looks like. Yes. And we know how to break it up into we yes. know what half of a semicircle is in, in angles. It's 90 degrees. Yes. We know what a quarter is. It's 45. Yep. So, quarter percent along the flat side. So, 25. Oh, sorry, quarter percent. 25% <laughs> along the flat side, which is a yes. quarter, is also a quarter of the way around the circle. So, 25 degrees is the same as 45 on the protractor. Don't forget to add back your 32 degrees from the start. You've got your F. So so 25 
degrees Celsius. Celsius is a quarter of the way around the circle, yep. and that means, and that's forty five degrees on the circle. Mm-hmm. So we should, we should start using so forty degree, so forty twenty five degrees Celsius equates to forty five degrees on the protractor, and when you add thirty two to that, taking it to seventy seven, then that means that's the degrees in Fahrenheit. Seven is the degrees in Fahrenheit. Ooh, and well, look, why that. bother with the two degrees? Why bother with the thirty-two? Like two degrees Fahrenheit is the nothing amount. Right, it's tiny. Yes. It's not like two degrees centigrade. <laughs> it's a tiny amount. So sure. forget the thirty. So forty-five degrees plus thirty, seventy-five degrees is very, very close to twenty-five degrees centigrade. Okay. Okay. Can I- is that you gone? Like it's not like we're doing molecular chemistry or sous viding eggs. <laughs> we can be out yeah. by a tiny bit. All right. Yes. Okay. But what sort of weirdo wants to convert to Fahrenheit? To make this actually useful, we want to convert from Fahrenheit. Absolutely. Like so most we take of the sensible our world. F. We remove thirty and we find that along our protractor. Let's try one hundred and twenty degrees Fahrenheit. One hundred and twenty degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, 120 degrees Fahrenheit, so you minus 30 from that, mm-hmm. and 90 degrees, well, 90 degrees is perpendicular on a, like, from the mm-hmm. circle, it's, it's straight up and down a bit, Yep. and so that's halfway, is that how it works? Yeah. And therefore, and therefore, it's 50 degrees. 50 degrees Celsius. Celsius. Oh! Easy peasy. So, 20 degrees Fahrenheit, t-shirt weather or notch t-shirt weather, Greg? Well, I would take away... 30 off that, taking to negative 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what to do from then. <laughs> I guess it's going to be... It's not T-shirt weather. It's not T-shirt weather, It's no. cold. It's, it's cold already like... negative... It's yeah, already yeah, negative yeah. 10, and it's actually yes. going to get a little bit colder than that. Yes. So I can't picture one, it in my head. Yes. So uh, 10 degrees around it is 1-18th. So it's going to be another 6 or 7 degrees oh, less than okay. that. Right, okay. Yep. Got it. Okay. okay. What, and what about what temperature does paper burn? Uh, Fahrenheit four five one. Correct. And so, <laughs> in but what? Where does it burn in Celsius, Gregoire? Oh, where does it burn in Celsius? So now you have to uh, you take away thirty, so it gets to four twenty. Four twenty. Four twenty. Four twenty. And then I don't know what to do. Well, <laughs> for every one hundred eighty degrees. That's oh yes. A hundred degrees. Centigrade. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so good point. So 180, then goes to 360, yeah. and that leaves me with another 80 degrees Fahrenheit to convert. Is that right? So it says 200, 200, uh, 420 minus 360. Yes, it is. 80 degrees. Six, 60 degrees, not 80 degrees. Oh, sorry. 60 degrees. Right. Yes. But that's not so 60 degrees. That's still the Fahrenheit, isn't it? 421 minus 360. Degrees is 61 remaining. So we already yes. know that there's 200 degrees centigrade. Yep. And now we need to know the extra one. 60 uh-huh. degrees on our protractor. This is the protractor would be, uh, well, 45 is halfway. So uh, it would be 25. So it would be about 35 degrees or so. 40 be, degrees. It's exactly 35. a third of the way around. So it's 33.3. 33.3. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's 233 degrees. 230 degrees. My goodness. Exact Answer is 232.78 degrees. That's pretty we good. Are so friggin' close using this. 
That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty Rigua, good. we no longer need to be afraid of Fahrenheit ever again. This <laughs> is a problem that's been solved. And it's given me a real semi. <laughs> Protracted silence. <laughs> Welcome to the Walk of Shame. Sometimes, it's very rare, ladies and gentlemen, but sometimes Dan or I will harp on about a subject we're not really certain about and stumble into a giant pit of problems. It happens make- like multiple times per episode. I don't know why you're trying to downplay it. Like, the audience knows we make mistakes like crazy. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You're ruining the magic. Now, like we're when morons. We do- we're like borderline hospitalized, like <laughs> imbeciles. Yeah. Can we use that term? Oh, no. Uh, I think so. Fine. Yeah. We're imbeciles. We're imbeciles. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, the point of this is sometimes mistakes are made. And when those mistakes are made, then you, the audience, our wonderful, sexy audience, must get in contact and tell us those mistakes we made so we can correct them here on the Walk of Shame. And that's what we're doing now. Yep. Now, I'm going to go first. All right. Dan Beeson. This is a walk of shame from one Gregoire <sighs> balls to one Dan Beeston. Double balls. <laughs> now, Two balls. I wasn't going to bring this up because it would be petty, but <laughs> you made this. You brought this on yourself. Right. We were talking about how to find yourself in space, and you were what? talking about... Spiritually? No, 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 no. <laughs> As in, you were trying to, how do you locate yourself in space to, to, to pick a location to find a direction you want to go in? And I said, orientate. Yeah. And you went, whoa, Orient. whoa, 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 whoa. Orient. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to stop this whole, I'm going to bring this whole podcast to a screaming halt. I'm going to make a big, big goddamn show. What was that? What was that word again there, Greg? I went, orientate. And you were like, I think you mean, uh, orient. Yeah. And I was like, and I was really like, what? Sorry? And he was, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I think you'll find." It's uh, pretty confident, eh? Orient. Yeah, and well, I had a. You, then I, you know where that confidence comes from? No one words. No, <laughs> fair enough. And so I didn't. I was really shocked because I used the word orientate. I was really like, "Oh, oh!" And you know, it happens. Sometimes you just don't know. Like I used to. I mean, the, the famous one for me was I used to say, say the word nemesis is nemesis because I'd never heard anyone say it because you're all all my friendship groups were illiterate bastards and uh, don't use big words. <laughs> and I have so, never seen an episode of Star Trek apparently. Yes, yes, Star Trek nemesis. And uh, and so I never knew. That's fine. I, I heard an interesting Ooh. thing. It's because if you miss if you mispronounce a word that you've only ever read. That's not an indication that you're an idiot. It's an yep. indication that you're very well read. Yes. So take that, girl clumsy. That's right. <laughs> and so I was really shocked and I walked away from the podcast just shaken to my coal. Shook. Yeah, shaken. You, you felt a bit disorientated? I felt a bit disorientated, didn't know what to do, and but the, the moment left me. But it kept, kept coming back. I kept thinking about it. Going, oh, and then finally I went, I'm going to go check... I don't understand, Gregoire, why you're, you're why you're revisiting this thing where I'm obviously <laughs> correct and you're obviously incorrect. I mean, this so, is a walk of shame. You realise? Yeah. No, no, sorry, that's a good point. I'm sorry. I wasn't just bringing up uh, old wounds. I wasn't wasn't time for for bring you airing grievances. 
But let's air some grievances. So, Dan Beast, and if that is your real name, you're correct. The word is Orient. Yes. But. Uh oh. According to the dictionary, another term for Orient, meaning the same as Orient, is. A drum roll, please. Orientate. Oh, well, there you go. In two <laughs> words. It, it two words the mean the same thing. That's a means, homonym. Yeah. It's a yeah. There you go. And so, orientate no. is no. It's not. Uh, no, it's not, not a homonym. homonym. Okay. That's the opposite of a homonym. Homonym is ones that sound the same, isn't it? So uh, anyway, it's, yeah, it's uh, different meanings sound the same. Not yeah. same meaning. Same meaning sounds sound different. Sound, sound kind of similar. So yeah, orientate and orient mean the same thing, ah. and both can be used. It's fine. They're interchangeable. They're interchangeable. So technically, it's not a walk of shame. But I do want to shame you. Oh, all right. Do you feel shame, Dan? Oh, heaps, heaps. Shall we move on? <laughs> this wasn't as satisfying as I was hoping it would be. <laughs> no, 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 I'm walking. I'm walking the walk of shame, Greg. Yeah, no, no, don't. Skipping, don't make, if anything. Don't make this worse. Come on. Let's, we're friends here. Come on. Just let me have this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was chatting to my friend Tim on the weekend. And he told me that Asian geckos had displaced all the native ones. Oh. Now, we've talked about this in the past. And I got to be all uppity and talk about how the Asian geckos live in the house and the native ones have no interest. They live outside. Sure. We have said this before. Yeah. I went back to the original story and realised I'd got an element wrong. Ooh. The native ones will happily live in a house, but they'll live in the dark. They look almost identical to the Asian ones. Mm-hmm. The Asian ones will outcompete them. They're not afraid of the light, and so they're happy to come out and eat all the moths before all the lights go out. The original paper points out that the native ones are happy to feed outside, but the Asian ones won't leave the houses. So they are a minimal biodiversity risk because they'll only deplace the native ones inside the homes. But it's not that the native ones wouldn't come into the homes if there were no foreign ones in there. Right. There you go. Okay. So that's a walk of shame for me to take. And you know what? I feel really chastised. I'm going to walk that walk of shame. I hate you. Oh, that was really well presented. Oh. <laughs> anyway, this is a walk of shame for the audience. Come on, I'm all uppity today. It's great. I'm loving it. Loving this energy. Mm-hmm. I use the term buttload in a previous podcast recently. Yeah, size of and, a butt. And a, an audience member got in contact with me and was like, ha on Twitter going, ha is that a scientific measurement there? A buttload? You guy who likes science? Isn't a butt a, a, like a big barrel? Ah, Dan, you finally got it. So yes, though that's not what I really meant, I'm still claiming this. In medieval times, liquids were measured in units of butts. A butt is amount of liquid equivalent to two hogsheads, Dan Beeson. Two hogsheads. I see. The, the precise measurement has varied a bit, but it is generally accepted that one butt of ale is about 491 litres, and one butt of wine is about 573 litres. So, yes, maybe I did like a buttload of science. That is a buttload of alcohol. That would last me a week. That would... You'd have to infuse that directly into your butt. Like, can you imagine? Oh no, no! Didn't we? Didn't we establish that's a really bad way of drinking? It's really bad. It's, Real bad. Well, 
it's really bad. It's a good way to die. It's a really <laughs> it's a good way to die. It's a good way to die. Don't do that, kids. A new d- Die Hard film. Die Hard with a buttload. <laughs> So, if you hear Greg say anything wrong, please do email dan at smartenough.org. And invariably, when Dan just says something shockingly outrageous, you send it to greg at smartenough.org. You have been listening to dan at smartenough.org. Also, Greg at smartenough.org. Uh, you could go to our website, smartenough.org, press any of the buttons to subscribe or follow us on social media. If you uh, want to see a picture of that Celsius to Fahrenheit oh, yes. thing visualised, we will link to it in the show notes, as will we link to a bunch of other stuff in the show notes. Show notes are really cool. I like the show notes. They're fun. Because you can go through and look at where the hell we found our stuff. Which It's mainly Wikipedia. Shh, don't tell anyone what's mainly Wikipedia. Uh, well, Wikipedia's great. And Wikipedia, it's and we it's, give, like, it's like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it's not amazing. as funny. As well, yeah, sometimes it can be pretty funny. But uh, and we give it money too. We actually, we actually pay our way, Dan. Yep. We actually pay our way on on Wikipedia. Damn it, we are that good. We should be rewarded. Now, there's uh, some fun news for us. We have joined the That's Ooh. Not Canon podcast network. Yay! Now, Greg and I hate ads even mm. more than you do. Mm-hmm. So we almost definitely won't be doing those, but we do Unle- like- unless unless they back a truck of cash up because no, we I'm, are I will f- hypocrites. No, I I am not a hypocrite. I will oh. f- I will fight against that, listeners. Oh, oh there you go. There you go. I will yeah. absolutely fight against this. I don't do this for the money. What no, about a buttload of cash? Actually, no. I actually I should shouldn't say that before we no. ask them to join our no. patrons. No, no, don't okay. do that. Um, we we do this only for the money. So make sure you <laughs> sign up. Dan and I don't like each other. We we had a falling out years ago. We're only doing this because cash. That was years before we started. (laughs) Okay, there's some truth to that. Actually, (laughs) we do like cross promotion, though. Yes, and this is a good opportunity for us to resuscitate our podcast recommendation segment. Yay! With that in mind. Benjamin Bernier reached out to us from the Podcast Network and I gave his podcast a listen. Uh, It is called Thugs and Miracles and it is a French history podcast. Now, I tend to find stuff like this... Is it a French history podcast or is it a French history podcast? It's a a French history podcast. It's a French history podcast. It's not in French. In fact, he's not... Yeah. I think he's American... And yes. he certainly pronounces all these French words in American. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I kind of want to call him out, but I might be wrong because <laughs> I'm not great along that. Like, You're yes, French adjacent. Yeah. And I asked, yeah. I asked the frog princess to have a listen, but she hasn't got back mm. to me yet. So, oh, okay. Oh, too busy out flipping cars. Oh, that's what they do. They're, mm-hmm. they're fiery people. Mm. But yes, so I tend to find this stuff a bit dry and dense to get through. And Ben gave it a nice spark. But reading history, I just want to kill myself. <laughs> um, and it's and the only way that I can make it really exciting for myself is to pretend that I've travelled back in time and that I'm trying to pimp it. But <laughs> uh, I but listening to it, he sort of dramatizes it a little bit, and I and I I, I, I enjoyed listening to it. Good. Excellent. I listened to the first one as well, and I really like the first bit where he talks about the 
the Franks, the, the 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 first French people, basically the Franks, and where they say they came from, which I won't won't spoil, but it has. They, I love it when people of the world tie themselves to ancient civilizations they have absolutely no reason to tie themselves to. But it's a great story, and it's a great bit of. Uh, myth building for the French people, which is very exciting. So yeah, mm. it's cool. Worth having a listen to. Yep. Definitely re- recommend a listen. That will be linked to in the show notes. Woohoo. Now, if you want to support the podcast, you can do it the same ways that we mention every single month. Yeah. You get along Patreon, there. Baby. Click, click all the Buy buttons. Shirt. Shirts, buttons, tips, yeah. etc. Oh, if me? you join our patron as a, a crew member, Oh, uh, which is part of a comedy blimp. That's mm-hmm. the crew. What you, which yep, is crewing. five dollars American per month, or yes. per episode, major episode, which is per month because we've yes. never missed a month because we're amazing. <laughs> we're pretty good. Then you will get your name read out on the podcast. Yes, which is a, what am I going to do? Do that. Read it. Read it. Read okay. It. So do, thank you, you so much. Way? To you, Matt do Ewers, an do an accent. No. Oh, okay. No. 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 No, no, no. This is these people have paid good money. They don't want, don't want me to do it in a silly accent. I can take this seriously. So thank you to Matt Ewers, Ivand. Uh, Ivand binged all of the episodes and is now going back for a second listen and commended us for getting his the pronunciation of his name right. Yeah, which yeah, is we, the we, first time that's ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> we did pretty well. Yeah, remember, remember Grania? Oh dear, we had a whole thing with Grania. Grainy, like, oh. Grainy Maguire. Any choir. Okay. Don't do that. Uh, thank you to Andrew Potts, Andrew Whitehurst, Britta, <laughs> Britta Rogoski, Granny Maguire, Christopher Revel, Elizabeth Yunkin, Michael Barnes, Matthew Toy, Phil Holland, Lindsay Jenkinson, Gary Heather, Ilana Mitchell, Stevie, and Avi Greenbury. Thank you all so much for being a patron of the podcast and supporting us. Thank you very much. And this, I just want to know, when I say that I, I love you specifically, of those people, you know who I'm talking about. I love you specifically mm. in, a, in a podcast kind of way. Mm. As it's for you. Stevie. All right. I'm, I'm now not, let's uh, move on. To... <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there is a top tier where you can pay us 15 bucks US a month. Good Lord. And this is the, and the, and the contract there is that I have to abuse you. Because you're a bad man. Okay. You're, now, why, why are you abusing these nice people? Now, say? Morton O'Hare has updated to the top tier where he <gasps> must be insulted. That Ooh. fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, he adds, you don't need to insult... Oh, oops. <laughs> um, he then goes on to say, thanks for the show. I really enjoy it and listen to it immediately when it shows up in my feed. Um, oh, which is a, a lovely compliment. Yes. I, I wish I had this show to look forward to because I reckon it'd be my favourite, Greg. I think so. I think, yep. It's I, right I, up my alley. <laughs> right up your buttload. Okay, so I have been playing Minecraft. Ooh. This is a 12-year-old game. And four I 12 have, year olds. I have played it for four 12-year-olds <laughs> and I have played it for the very first time recently. Ooh. So I've, I've had it on the brain. So my insults are going to be Minecraft related. <laughs> Topical. Topical. <laughs> no, Minecraft is making a resurgence. It's it, it's sort of perennial. It sort of hangs around. Yeah. yeah. There's always an update coming. Yeah. Okay. So, Mikkel Kidder, the worst monster in Minecraft is the Creeper. It sneaks up behind you and explodes, often destroying the things that I was working on. 
I don't like creeps. I hate creepers. Mickle is the creepest. Oh, harsh. Tom Seary. In Minecraft, there are many regions. Grassland, jungle, desert, and one that you can reach through a nether portal called the mm. Nether. It is filled mm. with pig monsters, ghasts, and skeletons. And yet, it's still more appealing than Tom's nether region. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go there, but then you did. So, well done. Mm. And finally, back. Steve Stewart. I'm blocking you. <laughs> And a big thank you to Al Batson, Morton O'Hare, and Scott Driscoll. You're my diamond picks of the week. Aww. Okay. Now, we've also we've also got another one here, Greg. Mm-hmm. Sean Seifkin. Now, he has donated 12 Great British Pounds a month. That's, which that's like... Boris Johnson assures me will be worth something again one day. <laughs> but that's a lot of... Dollary dues. That's a lot of dollary dues. Yeah, he's he's worried though that this puts mm. in him in our how to stay humble tier. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's definitely worth enough to put him in our top tier. But I just mm. want to reassure you, Sean, I'm not going to start handing out abuse just because you're a very giving and loving person. <laughs> I only abuse those who, for some incomprehensible reason, specifically request it. <laughs> so unless you add yourself to the how to be humble tier or ask me specifically to do so, you will not be abused by me. And if you'd read the Patreon site, you'd know that, you fucking idiot. Oh, damn it. No, I've done it again. No, it's, 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 uh, you can't. Mm, oh. yeah. Minecraft is topical. So we're a very topical podcast. At the end of last year, mm-hmm. there was a craze that went around the internet Yo-yos. And it was and it was sea shanties. Oh God, yes, sea shanties. Sea shanties. I was tickled pink. We didn't talk about it at the time, but good lord, I love the concept of sea shanties. It has a, a rhythm and sound to it, and you can build a song around that rhythm and sound. Like it's the same music, and you just sort of you can work from there. It's really really fun. And I was thinking to myself, well, at the end of the year, it was all sea shanties and COVID. And so I thought that we should now listen to a COVID sea shanty. Oh, no. <laughs> there once was a bug that lived in me. The name of the bug was COVID-19. It took my strength and filled my lungs. Oh, boy, Corona does blow. Soon may the vaccine come to bring us out of isolation. One day when the battle is won, we'll break quarantine and go. Jab the arm, you might get sore RNA transcribed to spike of spore By macrophage displayed in a form that the T-cell soon will know Soon may the vaccine come to bring us out of isolation One day when the battle is won, we'll break quarantine and go The T-cell calls a B-cell buddy Making a suitable antibody Helps it evolve and leaves it plodding Deep in the bone marrow Soon may the vaccine come To bring us out of isolation One day when the battle is won We'll bring more demon Done! You know what? I've got a pet hate (laughs) I've got a pet hate, Gregoire Mm -hmm. And that is 
when people squeeze too many syllables <laughs> into a line of a song, especially a parody song, where they're like, mm. we know how long it's supposed to be, but we, we, we're not smart enough to come up with the right word, so we're just going to get come up with the first word and we're just going to squeeze it in and say quarantine on two syllables. You right. can't squeeze quarantine into two syllables. It's not right. It's not musical. You're a... You're lazy. It's laziness. Every time I hear it, I'm like, that person is lazy. Sure, they spent years and years learning how to sing and how to put together a video and how to beatbox, but they 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 fell at the last hurdle and they kept squeezing in too many syllables. Well, I'm I'm sorry, I, I ruined. That's why I remember now why we don't actually um do music on the podcast anymore. I get irate. <laughs> You really do. That was uh, Tim Blaze, uh, the acapella science, and you can find that on YouTube and also on the TikTok, which all the kids are doing as well. So I liked it. I thought Is it was great. Is that the same guy you got, had me listening to like nine years ago? Maybe, maybe. Fuck that maybe. guy. No, Dan. Fuck that guy. No, it's, that's not. No, Dan. No, don't get rolled up newspaper again. What? Him and the Green Brothers. I hate oh, them all. Jesus. No, Dan. What? Are, no, don't. Why would you end on these? You you hate the don't forget to be awesome people, the people who spend all the money, like a lot of the money they make helping people and asking everyone to be nicer to each other. That's who you're going up against, Dan. That's what Hank Green and John Green do. Is one of them wrote the novel about teenagers dying, right? Yeah, Fault in Our Stars. Yes, I heard that. I heard that guy killed them so that he could like just because he's more of a method writer. He gave those kids cancer so that he could learn about them and Why write about them. Why are we doing this? Because he's not creative enough to come up with, like, fantasy stuff. So he had to give these kids cancer, and Stop then he it. just documented it. Stop it. Why are you... <laughs> They're, like, really nice people. They're really nice people. This is a smart enough production in tandem with That's Not Canon. And as we always <laughs> like to say... They're really nice people. <laughs> The picture that Michael Barnes put on the website, a picture of a like a lady exposing herself to a demon. And But I look at that and you're like, oh, in my mind, it's more that they found some genitals they weren't expecting. I think it's actually more of a, more of a trans-fear demon than a... <laughs> well, I mean, a, maybe the demon isn't really familiar with genitals at all. Yeah, that's true. Because yep. if he's a yep. fallen angel, then... Yes, well... I was just going to rub my crotch on you for a bit. My flat, flat crotch. Why is there a void there? A horrible human void. (laughs) That's how you got married. Uh, She hates it when I call her the horrible human void. (laughs) (sighs) This will be fun because I don't remember making any of these notes. So (laughs) I get to surprise myself. Let's push out another turtle head of genius from the rectum of our minds. Pinch out another log of science and comedy and goodness. Dreamy science nuggets. Mm, mm, mm. Cubed, just like wombats. It's going to be good. That's one talented colon you got there. That's right. Thank you very much. That's right. So as a placental mammal, I can't have cubic poo. I tried to do cubic poo. Right, You know what happened? What's happened? Rectum. Uh, That's very good. Oh, hip f***ing.
fucking hooray. Yes. More fucking robots. Oh, congratulations oh. to the nerds at NASA. Not just Congratulations, NASA. you've put more garbage on the planet Mars. What are you doing? What Great are you doing, big, Dan? boring fucking planet. The hell is... No, you know the no, worst thing? No, Hang on, wait, I'm going to get a round-up newspaper. Hang on a minute, wait up. I'm going to smack you You know you the right worst me. thing about Mars? But you make me smack you in the nose. The worst thing about Mars, there's no face on it. When I was a kid... <laughs> When I was a kid, there was a mysterious face on Mars. No, there wasn't. There was a mysterious face on Mars. And then the boffins down at NASA did a flyby, or at the European Space Agency, did a flyby and took a proper photo and went, see, see, there is no magic. But no, but we learned that, like, pareidolia is still a thing. You oh, hooray, Jesus. we learned about the brain. <laughs> Oh, oh, good news, everyone. Ghosts don't exist. It's just cold parts of your home. Good news, everyone. We found a bit of the brain that pretends that God and angels are real. Good news, everybody. There's no such thing as a Tasmanian tiger anymore. It's dead. It's fucking dead. And there's no chance that you'll ever get to see one. Um, Thank you, science. Thank you, science. Now we're all correct but unhappy. Tell me more about your fucking Mars helicopter device. I was sad now. I was like, I was all happy for a bit. Now you've just, that's, you know, made it all, made me all sad. Well, just call me your own personal science. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm so confused. That was me desperately trying to find new and interesting ways to broach <laughs> topics. So basically talking about teeth, a lot about teeth. Yeah. And about vamp and then tying it into vampire and zombie films. Sorry, I didn't realize that where you were going. I apologize for that. I wasn't trying to step on your feet there. You reacted exactly how I expected okay. you to. Excellent. You reeled me in. Good, oh, good yeah. Time. I know. I know where your buttons are. <laughs> I know how to make you do my job for me. Fantastic. That's good. I was getting a bit Matt Berry there at one point, I realised. I wasn't trying to. I was going to go, well, yes, actually, I am. I was like, hey, it's Matt Berry. Here, hello, Matt. I, I, I haven't seen him in that role yet, but I was visualising him while <laughs> I was imagining how you were going to react. Oh, right. <laughs> it's that weird confidence for no reason. Yeah. I mean, it's a- He's got that wonderful, undeserved confidence. Yes. I was talking to the Frog Princess the other day about how movies used to be much more diverse. Mm. Like there, there was so much more experimental. And I'm like, I just, I wish there was still heaps of cocaine in Hollywood. Because <laughs> cocaine made a lot of amazing things happen. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Until the end, we maligned two very nice people. That's my favourite bit. 